Hello, welcome to Workplace Wake Up. I'm Jen Shaw. Every week, I spend about 15 minutes covering legal developments, introducing you to interesting guests, and providing some entertainment to start your workday. Oh my gosh, we are in our second week of January 2024. I want to talk to you about new paid sick leave FAQs. Okay, one of the things that we have realized here um, recently is that a lot of us, when we implemented California's Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act sick leave, we didn't really get it. Like, we did what we were supposed to do, but we didn't really get the concept. So we've had a lot of clients who've had claims for um, Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act sick leave or California Mandatory Sick Leave. As you all know, it's it's been in play um, for a while. Um, and we had a new law effective this year that increased uh, how much time people actually get. So beginning on January 1, employers have to provide five days or 40 hours of paid sick leave. Now, let me stop right there. Remember, the five days is five work days, the employee's regular work days. So if they work 10-hour days, they're getting 50 hours, not 40, right? It's five days or 40 hours, whichever is more. Well, that change, of course, created lots of questions for folks. So I want to talk to you today about the new FAQs that the Labor Commissioner released and also just generally about the things you need to do to comply with uh, California paid sick leave. Now, we have a webinar coming up. We do an annual compliance webinar on paid sick leave on January 25th. So you can go to our training page and sign up for that. We're going to go into this in a lot more detail than we're able to this morning. But I want to talk to you, first of all, you know there's a new poster. And there's also a new Labor Code Section 2810.5 notice. That is the notice that you give to all of your non-exempt employees when you are addressing sick leave. Okay. Well, now that there's a new sick leave requirement you're going to have to give new 2810.5 notices. And there was another change to the 2810.5 notice as well in terms of some language you have to put about emergency orders, if there are any emergency orders in effect. So we'll deal with that on our legal update. But today I want you to realize new poster, uh, new 2810.5 form, because in the form they talk about Healthy Workplace, Healthy Families Act sick leave. And then there are FAQs. So the first thing I want you to understand is all you have to do is Google DLSE for Division of Labor Standards Enforcement Sick Leave FAQs. And you're going to get an 11-page document. On the front, it tells you that the FAQs were updated on December 12, 2023. That is when they updated um, the... FAQs to reflect the new law. So to reflect the fact that we're going from three days and 24 hours to five days and 40 hours for the annual provision of paid sick leave. Now remember, I'm going to call it paid sick leave. What I'm talking about today is mandatory California paid sick leave, the Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act sick. You may have a separate bank where you don't comply with all of the onerous requirements of Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act sick, and you just have a separate sick leave bank that you let employees use uh, consistent with your rules. 
I'm talking here today about the mandatory paid sick, okay? And by the way, for any of you wondering, why the heck would somebody have two banks? Well, many employers want to provide more time, more sick time, but they don't want to be subject to all of the rules that you have to comply with for Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act sick. So they do the minimum sick leave required by law, and then they have a separate bank where they provide more time. Or they may also have dumped all of the sick leave time in 2015, when the Healthy Workplaces Law became effective, if many of our clients had employees with huge sick leave banks. They didn't want to get rid of them for morale reasons, so they rolled them over into a separate bank. So that's another reason why there may be two banks. Okay, so I want you to be very clear that when we say five days or 40 hours, it is whichever is more. That is FAQ number two. And the DLSC makes that very clear, okay? Now, remember for paid sick leave, you have two options, right? You can do the accrual method where they accrue a certain amount of sick leave for every hour worked. We strongly, strongly, strongly recommend that if you use the accrual method, you do the one hour for every 30 hours worked. That's what all the rules are based on. And if you don't follow that, accrual. There are a bunch of other onerous requirements you have to follow. So we strongly recommend one hour for every 30 hours worked, or you can front load. Okay. Now remember, paid sick leave applies to all employees. They might be paid interns. They might be part-time. It doesn't matter. Staffing agencies have to provide paid sick leave. There are some requirements to use sick leave, you have to work for the same employer uh, for at least 30 days within the year in California, and you have to uh, satisfy a 90-day waiting period before you can use it, okay? Now, remember that you can have the accrual method or the front load or upfront policy, right? You have those two options. The accrual policy allows your employees to earn paid sick leave over time. And then there is a certain carryover in each year of employment. So as I said, generally you should um, have a program that where they accrue one hour for every 30 hours worked. And that may result, of course, in your employees accruing more than five days of paid sick leave. So this Accrual method is really good for part-time employees, employees who aren't going to work a full-time schedule because otherwise you'd be better off front-loading the um, five days or 40 hours unless you're concerned about them taking all the time at once up front, which happens. Now, the front-load or up-front policy says, okay, we're going to give you all of your available time at the beginning of the 12-month period. It has to be able to be used by the 120th day of employment. And you can measure the 12 months either by a calendar year, the fiscal year, or any other 12-month period. A lot of employers use the employee's anniversary date. So here's a question for the new law that's important. If you've used an accrual method and you capped the employee's yearly use of leave at three days or 24 hours, which is what you're allowed to do. What did you have to do on January 1, okay? Well, if you have an annual start date that's other than January 1 and you have that 12-month cap, 
then the cap has to change to 40 hours or five days on January 1, 2024. So let's use this as an example. Let's say that you use the 12-month period of May 1 to April 30th, and you have a cap, all right? You have the three-day, 24-hour cap. The employee has used their 24 hours or three days prior to January 1, 2024. Now you have to let them use an additional two days or 16 hours before the end of that 12-month period on April 30th, okay? Now, what if you've been using the front load or the upfront method? What did you have to do on January 1, 2024? And again, let's assume that you front loaded the three days and the 24 hours, okay? You have a choice in this regard, okay? With this uh, front load program or upfront program, you have a choice. You can either front load the two additional days on January 1, 2024, or you can move the measurement of the yearly period to January 1, 2024, and then front load the full five days then. So for example, let's say you have an employee who started on May 1, 2021, and you've been using that anniversary date to front load their three days or their 24 hours. So on May 1st, 2023, you front loaded the three days and 24 hours. Well, now you can either front load the additional two days or 16 hours, okay, on January 1, 2024, and keep the May 1 date, or you can reset the front load date to January 1, 2024, and provide the employee five days or 40 hours then, okay? So you've got some options there, but you need to understand what you're doing with the new law because the amount of time has gone up, okay? The other thing that's important to keep in mind when you're dealing with uh, compliance with the Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act, is that accrual, carryover, and use are three different and distinct concepts under the paid sick leave. So accrual is the accrual of paid sick leave based on the number of hours the employee works. The carryover is the amount of paid sick leave that is carried over from one year to the next. For accrual policies, that ensures that the employee will have the time available at the beginning of the following year, but it can be subject to a cap. And the use is, of course, you can cap the use under either the accrual program or the upfront or front load program to five days or 40 hours per year, okay? Now, one of the big questions that comes up is, okay, well, what do I do if I don't want to have a separate paid sick leave plan, and instead I want to have a PTO plan? Well, you can do that, but your entire PTO plan is going to be subject to the provisions of the Healthy Workplace, Healthy Families Act sick. You can't, in other words, carve out of the PTO plan and say, okay, well, you're going to use only 24 hours for your healthy workplaces, healthy family sick leave. So the rest of your PTO won't be subject to requirements that apply to paid sick leave, like you can't be uh, required to find your own replacement and you can't be required to provide documentation and you can't be required to use it, right? All of those requirements would uh, go by the wayside, okay? So, when we're talking about paid sick leave, your job today, if you don't do it today, you will be inundated by other things. 
go print out the FAQs and read them cover to cover. I did that in preparation for this podcast this morning, and I got to tell you, I remembered a few things that I think I had filed away. So it's really important to read the rules. Now, remember, the labor commissioner, uh, their interpretations do not have the force of law, but they were specifically recognized in the statute implementing Healthy Workplaces, Healthy Families Act sick leave as the entity that is going to enforce these rules. So what they say makes a difference. Remember, you can now face a PAGA claim, a Private Attorney General's Act claim, as a result of having a violation of the paid sick leave rules. So it's not just a little issue. It's something significant and something that you're going to want to think through in terms of trying to make sure that you are avoiding liability in this area. So get your poster, get your 2810.5 form, read the FAQs, make sure you understand your what your, the requirements are, then go to your handbook or your policy and make sure you've written it the way you wanted it to be written. Make sure that you've really set it up in a way that makes sense, okay? Also, don't forget to register for our annual sick leave webinar. We only do it once a year, and we're doing it on January 25th, uh, 2024. So sign up for that. You'll get a full 90 minutes of joy uh, when it comes to paid sick leave and all of the requirements and all of the ways that you need to deal with it. So this is one of those benefits, as you can see from the legislature, that they change, right? You can't just say, oh, it's always going to be three days and 24 hours. Now it's five days and 40 hours. We don't know what additional changes they're going to make. That's why you've got to stay on top of these developments. Make sure you use your resources, understand what you should be doing, how you should be doing it. And if you decide to take a risk by not doing something that you just feel like is too burdensome um, or too onerous, which I totally understand, just make sure you're doing so knowingly, knowing what your risk is and knowing how your decision not to comply could come back and get you. There are things that we just can't comply with, and I get it. No judgment from me, but just make sure you're making a knowing decision and you've assessed the risk. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us today. It's always my honor and privilege to have you uh, with us. Be sure and send ideas about the podcast. You can send them to me at jshaw at shawlawgroup.com. If you ever want to be a guest, I'd be happy to entertain that. Let me know as well. Most importantly, go out. Have a great day, everyone. Do something nice. Have a wonderful afternoon, and I'll see you soon. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to spread the word, please share it with others, post about it on social media, and or rate and review it. Of course, you can also follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, and email us at info at Workplace Wake Up, including its guests and hosts, do not provide legal advice in this podcast. Do not act upon any of the information discussed in this podcast without consulting a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction. 